At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And I'm really glad that I remembered to do introductions. This is uh, our episode 16. We're doing laryngitis, which is the 18th episode of season one. Uh, it premiered May 11th, 20, uh, 2010, to about 11.6 million viewers. Um, it was directed by Alfonso Gomez Rejon. Rejon. Uh, and it was written by Ryan Murphy, so we all know who to blame for this episode. It's uh, a quick background. Uh, when a sore throat affects Rachel's singing voice, she goes into panic mode, and Finn takes her to the doctor in order to find out what's wrong with her, not without trying to show Rachel how much he still really likes her. Meanwhile, Kurt tries to change his personality to impress his father, and Puck makes a strategic move to elevate his social status by dating Mercedes after his mohawk is cut off. So, a lot happens here. It does. Um, it does. I, think, I think we need to address the, the elephant in the room in this episode right from the very beginning. And that is that it is called laryngitis and she has tonsillitis. <laughs> and I know that this bothers every single person listening to this podcast and in fact everyone not listening to this podcast but i think we really can't move forward in any real discussions about this until we just put that on the table look at it feel it understand it and then move on from it do you think ryan murphy just does not understand medical terminology or just that he just doesn't fucking care uh, I honestly don't know because laryngitis is just an inflammation of the vocal cords, which would be like a perfectly reasonable thing for Rachel to have. Like, why the fuck does it have to be tonsillitis? That's silly. There's no, there was no need. Just give her laryngitis. That's fine. It's fine. Well, I mean, I mean we need to give her tonsillitis for her to have to go to surgery. And then have a panic about, oh, my God, my voice is the only thing I have. And then so that she could meet Sean and ha- get a lesson of the day. You could still do that so. with laryngitis and oh, you could. make some I'm shit going to surgery. Some shit up. Or they could have just called the episode tonsillitis. Or they could have just called it tonsillitis. And I wouldn't have I to mean, worry about this for the rest of my life. I mean, we need I mean, the e- e- true Hollywood story just to get the answer to this question. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's an easy solution, but Mandy, I, I'd have to point out calling it tonsillitis just really, that would completely throw me out of it. I don't know that I could watch it. That's just a completely yeah, terrible name that just doesn't work at all. 
this is this sarcasm isn't working. This is basically me saying that that's of course they should have just done that. That would have been easy. Let's move on because apparently that joke didn't work. It just it just bothered me, and it's been <laughs> it's been eight years building up inside, and I finally got to say something about it, and I just needed it's that moment. It's been eighty four years. <laughs> I, I just still needed remember to the name of the episode. I mean, I didn't. It was on the wikia. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Glee Wikia. Yeah, we're not we're actually just... affiliated with them. We just greatly appreciate the work they do. But good work, you guys. Good work. Thanks, guys. All right. So, so with that in mind, I mean, maybe we should just, you know, dive into to then Rachel's storyline um, and, and discuss, you know, her journey that she took this, her, this her episode. Journey. Her, her journey. Journey, journey with a big capital J. Journey. I've been drinking. I'm not gonna lie. It's my birthday and I've been drinking. You've earned Podcast it. Podcast also brought to you by birthday bubbles. Birthday <laughs> bubbles. What you drink when it's your birthday and you have a podcast you have to I went to the to liquor store. I bought myself a cheap bottle of sparkling wine and a pint mm -hmm. of Halo Top. What we're saying is this is gonna be a great podcast, guys. <laughs> or not. Or not. Uh, yes, Rachel. She is a character on this show. Um, she is. She is a character. So, okay. The idea that half of the Glee Club isn't actually singing is I'm like of two minds about it. Because on one hand, why should they practice? Rachel takes all their solos and gets to choose everything they do and just rough rides all over them all the time anyway but on the other hand they're apparently so good that they can whip together any number at the drop of a hat so either they do practice all the time or they don't need to and it's a moot point anyway so is it that big of a deal really they're so magically good at singing why the end of the day yeah end of the day why practice it doesn't matter how or why. They're just, they're still, they're still, you know, they don't need to practice. Either yeah. Rachel is just going to do all the singing or they're just going to be able to get together and be amazing. Anyway. Yeah. So who cares? Which actually would be a little bit of an interesting show if the show were about all of these kids with like no formal training that are somehow just amazing at it anyway. Yeah. But no, yeah. they're all just random losers in their high school that happen to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. No, no practice required. They're just, they're just gifted. I am. Um, I want the show. I want the Glee Club. That's like the the what happens in, with the Glee Club that's not related to um to Rachel. Or it's like everybody knows Rachel's like over the top, but all you see is everybody but like but Rachel and Finn. Mm. And so like you don't really know what goes on with them because it's just basically what everybody in the background like their point of view of like the Rachel and Finn show. Like and so Yeah. Like really like the story told by Tina or <laughs> Mike. I'd watch that. Like what we're not seeing it. is that everybody else in the Glee Club gets together and practices outside of the choir room because it's the only time exactly. they get to have a say. So like every other week or something or once a week, they all gather without Rachel and like run runs and they do whatever it is that people who sing do to practice. Scale? Vocal, 
Is that yes. a thing? Is that a thing do? Yes. <laughs> do re mi. Uh, arpeggio. Uh, everybody wants everything to be a cat. Everything I know about this. I say, yeah, I mean, everything I know about, about singing sales comes from Aristocats. Yeah, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> All I was thinking about. Uh, also, the Glee Club as Aristocats would be amazing. But that's a different oh story. God. Can't go there. You Can't know, do it. <laughs> the, hey, little, the little black and white one? Is there, his name too loose? Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to have to check. I'll if, there, explain, but. if there are any fan artists still out there for, for Glee, for Clane, for whoever... If you could draw us the Glee Club as Aristocats, we would just appreciate it. Isn't that what? Isn't that what like the Kitty Kurt like thing that went crazy? You know, went crazy within fandom was no, 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 no. really. We want. <laughs> we want all of them, not just Kitty Kurt. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I will put my singing. This is uh, Emily's birthday wish. So yeah, <laughs> it's my birthday. You have to do it what needs I want. To happen. Also, if you do it, you might get a playbill. Yes, if you draw hey. some fan art, you might get a playbill. Ding, ding. Uh, well, well done, maybe. Well I feel done. like people don't believe that we have playbills, but there are playbills. They are real, sure. and I'm tired they of them exist. in my house. Uh, where anyway, were we? I mean, this, is, the episode. this is really not us being generous. This is just Emily trying to clean her house out. <laughs> just trying to spring clean here, you guys. I'm trying to spring clean while also getting stuff at the same time. It's supposed to be trying to do like a win-win situation. It's a trade. Oh it's, you know, it's a trade economy is what we're dealing with. We're millennials, I think, maybe. I don't know. I'm old. Most of us, probably. Pre-millennial, between Gen and Gen... I don't know. Um, anyway, there's an episode to talk about. Yes. Rachel gets... Rachel. Yeah gets um, the same sickness that we all get as children, and that's tonsillitis, because we haven't adapted away our uh, tonsils. And, yeah. One note that I wrote oh, down yeah. is, why would they practice since Rachel's such an asshole? But that, we covered that. Well, I, I mean, she did, like I said, the journey, capital J, right. Rachel goes on. She, um, in it, I think Finn is trying to show how much he likes her, which, okay, um, we're back on the Finn Rachel thing. I thought I thought Finn was I don't know what Finn was doing the last time we we checked in to, to their relationship, but apparently that's what we're doing again. Mm -hmm. So cool, got it. Um, I I like that he's trying to be like there's more to you than your voice. I think that's very it's a very positive thing thing, especially as Rachel, her Id personal identity is tied to like one specific physical quality about herself, which. Side note, never tie your personal identity to a physical characteristic or physical quality because, like, right. shit happens. <laughs> or, like, then, choose several to spread it out across. Yeah. yeah, in case one of them goes, hopefully then you have, you know, other... It's a backup plan. Um, <laughs> a backup physical identity. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so her, her self is tied to her voice. And so if something happens to her voice, it's something happens to her. So I, I appreciate the the idea here being, you know, you're more than just this thing that you really like. You're, you know, a lot more than that. You're a great person. That's debatable. But, like, he tries. And so I appreciate that. And this is a, you know, we get so many episodes where Finn does, you know, dickish things and learns. And then, you know, his characterization can vary wildly. But I think from what many people take to be 
Cannon slash Fannin Finn. This mm-hmm. is very much him. That yeah. that guy who's like he may not he may not get it always. He can be a little dim, but deep down he's kind of got that heart of gold, always trying to help people and to see the best in them. And and I liked and that's how I like to see Finn. So it was nice to see that characterization here, even if deep down his his reason for doing some of this were because he just really wants to date Rachel. Fair. I mean, whatever. But uh, I, I, I did like that. I disliked Rachel in, in the Rachel Finn storyline mm-hmm. we have going on here. Um, yeah. Just being I mean, like the world, the world is ending because my voice is, is, you know, yeah, could not I could not sing as well, and um, I think, she now um, sings like Finn, the rest of us. Yeah, if you can't if you can't if I can't sing, who am I? It's like well, I mean, again, you tie your tie your personal you know who you are to a physical thing. It's a problem. Um, I did um, Finn taking Rachel to see what was his name, Sean. Yeah, I was like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, I my my I guess run of how that scene would play did not play exactly how it was written, which and how it was written was much nicer than in my head. It was like, see, this guy got like physically hurt and can't move. You just you know your voice. So yeah, maybe maybe don't like focus so much on you, Rachel. That's how I read it going. That's not what they said. Rachel, uh, Ryan Murphy was much nicer than I was. Yeah, it was an odd, it was an odd choice that, mm-hmm. so like, yes, we have Rachel can't sing for a little bit, and that's all she is and who she is and everything she is, blah, 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 all that. And then, like, the way to snap her out of it is to show her somebody who has it much worse than she does on every, you know, which isn't to say that having a disability is inherently bad but when you're looking at like Mm -hmm. what the reality of the world is like it's harder for differently abled people to exist Mm -hmm. and he has it worse off than she does and is more afflicted or whatever that angle that angle bothered me a lot because like yeah glee introducing i mean Artie's there they have some disabled character representation even if it's dodgy since the actor isn't but aside from that like strictly in the setting of the show like they have a disabled character and they mm-hmm. introduced another one which isn't bad but they introduced him purely as inspiration for and for rachel yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. yeah he's just it's, it's... there to like shine a light on how much better rachel's life actually is because of how bad yeah. his life is when all rachel yes she could have had a conversation with Artie, like as they had already brought him up in wheels. Like he's there to talk to about not being able to do a particular thing anymore. But no, we brought in. They like, had to recently, they had to recently raise money because he could, he might not have been able to go to, right. um, to competition, you know, spoiler. Sections? If you've not read that, uh, that listen to that uh, podcast, he does go, everything's fine. Um, <laughs> everything's fine anyway. But cause it's clearly, but yeah, that's a good point. They could have easily, like, you know, worked it so that it didn't. It wasn't. They weren't using a character, uh, a character or a person, as a prop. Yeah, actually. And it's not like we've ever heard that 
Finn goes to this guy's house and hangs out with him before. Like, we have never heard of this guy before, and we will never hear of him again. So he doesn't become a character. He just stays a caricature about propping up Miss Perfect over here. And that's some bullshit, and I don't care for it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And also, that was not a good rendition of one, and whatever. Like, they could have done you two better, is all I'm saying. Because I really like that song, and I usually like their big group numbers where they do, like, a pop rock ballad, and they make it really big and powerful, and this time I was like, you totally missed the point of the song. Anyway, not that important. Well, I, I will say, this, this storyline did get us to finally have Finn singing the most obvious song he could have been singing this season so far. Yes, that was a perfect use of a song, I wrote that down in my my watch notes when because mm-hmm. I had forgotten that he sang it and Jesse's girl started and I was like, yes, perfect. It is thematically yep. perfect. The title works, and he sounds good singing it. A plus use of a song. Ten out of well, like nine out of ten because like love triangles, I hate them, but yes, sure. perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Jesse's girl was one of my favorite songs in the first season. Even though I didn't care about, like, I never cared about Rachel Berry. Yeah. But watching it, like, as someone who was just watching the show, like, completely removed from a fandom and with, amazingly, my own opinions, untouched by the internet. <laughs> uh, I liked that what? song a lot. <laughs> that sounds That's... fake. How does that happen? You know, I, I probably was still reading Glee opinions, but it was more like a train wreck following than active participant. <laughs> yes, it makes a difference. That is that sounds accurate. Um, it it does. I I love the song, and Finn isn't my favorite singer, but um, as you as you noted, Emily, I think this this particular song works for him as yeah. well as you know songs do. And um, yeah, thematically works. Everything about it works. And there are a lot of times when Glee does a song where it's just like no idea why the fuck you did that. Yeah, this one mm-hmm. is like done. Good. This one's the opposite. This is what you should be doing with all of them. This Honestly, is, this is how they should be. If we're if we're already kind of talking about songs a little bit, and I hate to like, I know we're gonna talk about Mercedes and Puck, and we can do that next. But the segue, Wait, no, we can segue into that. Go. Yeah. The segue go. is gonna be perfectly used songs, and Mercedes and Santana singing "The Boy Is Mine" is really mm-hmm. the, unless it was Kurt and Sebastian singing about Blaine. This is really the only, this is like the only two people I want to hear singing this song. Like, they rock this song. Santana's voice is perfect for it. Like, it sucks. The only thing that sucks is that it's about Puck, of all people. But mm-hmm. having those two women sing the song with, like, the phone call in the beginning, the theatrics, the split screen, perfect. Loved it. And, like, it, it wouldn't have worked with Rachel and Quinn singing about Finn. Like, it just wouldn't, it would have sounded silly. And I'm surprised they didn't try to make that happen. Yeah, also, like, putting it out into the world, Chris Colfer, Grant Gustin, if you guys want to, like, get in a booth and do The Boy Is Mine, like, I'd watch it. Just throwing that out there. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you on the, that the, that we did not get Chris 
and uh, Grant singing this song does add me greatly because um, one, that would have been a great song. Two, that would have been a great use in um, in a storyline. Yeah. I would enjoy that greatly. And I'm now just going to have to think about that later because it's going to take up a lot of brain space. I need to talk about this podcast. But I'm let's all, let's all right collectively now. let's all collectively think about that in like 45 minutes. But, <laughs> and then if somebody wants to like write something down and like, like post about it. I'm also thinking about the poly relationship that could come out of it. And that's really just a whole other podcast. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, the but no, the, <laughs> the Mercedes and <laughs> Mercedes and Puck. Mercedes and Puck. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess they had to like continue to close the loop of Glee Club members who have fucked. I guess, like, yeah. Get every, I mean, that is like, kind of what this episode is about, right? Is is this. how many, how many, how many new, you know, lines can we draw, and how many new tallies yeah. can people? you know, count. Um, I yeah. will say, okay, here, here's the positive spin on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they used Merce- Mercedes was, Puck uses Mercedes as a means to boost his uh, popularity. Therefore, Mercedes as a um, slightly larger black woman is mm-hmm. a catalyst for a white man's reputation let's not say that it's a good thing that he's using her her to uh boost his reputation but that it was mercedes was able to kind of be shown as a i'm way cooler and way more awesome i'm going to try to focus on that particular slant and looking at it like that and and maybe Mm -hmm. you know maybe there's something positive there that you know we're able to see oh mercedes has you know it's amazing and you're able to see some of that in the In this episode, um, it's a very slim positive viewpoint, but well, you know, like I, I said, I was trying. And the other positive part is that she isn't blind to what he's doing. Like she is smart enough right. to understand, and that she's using it then for her own self confidence building. Which again, it like, is. don't build your self confidence with boys. Boys are terrible, and they're just gonna tear down your self confidence in the end. But men are trash. Twenty eighteen. Trash. Twenty eighteen. Like just. Well, but at least she knows and she's yeah. open eyed, eyes open, clear hearts, full mind, whatever. Um, she's been listening goes. to Coach. Coach. Been listening to know. him. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, at least. Clear yeah, eyes, full hearts, to... can't lose. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> you hit it. You, you nailed it. There. Good job. You even got there. Coach is so proud of you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the I, the point that you say that at least she knows is nice. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to use somebody to feel better about yourself, at least be aware of that. Mm-hmm. I guess, and mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that she does. And in you know when um and she has sort of like her her own morals, her own set of you know what she accepts and what she will allow. And when Puck goes outside of, you know, when he goes back to bullying, when he goes back to being, you know, a dick, she's just like, yeah, no, none of this. Yeah. So um, the night you get, you get to see um, what, I, what I would consider to be a, a positive, you know, uh, representation of sense of self 
where Rachel, I feel, is a very negative, not that she's negative on herself, but that because she puts so much emphasis on one particular aspect of herself, when that fight, when that fails, she kind of falls apart. And then you yeah. have Mercedes, who has a, who clearly has a much better understanding of herself and is able to kind of go, you know, step back. And even if she's using Puck for self-confidence, um, when he does stuff that she's not okay with, she's able to, to step away from that. I don't quite understand how all of that ties into, you know, being a Cheerio, because in my opinion, I'm like, well, you could just break up with Puck and just not date, you know, assholes and still be yeah. a Cheerio and everything would work out. But I don't see how you have to quit Cheerios for this, considering you joined so that you could perform more, and you have been. So I don't quite understand yeah. that avenue, but um, you do get to see much more positive. It definitely uh, felt like... Via Mercedes. Yeah, it was definitely like a shitty way to get her off the Cheerios. Mm-hmm. No, just just leave her on the Cheerios. It's not like it affects the episodes that much. Just leave her and let her have a life. God damn. I don't care about Again, I think we've talked about... I think we've talked about how it opens up a wide world of other other storylines that they could play with. It really does, but they don't, and fuck them. Basically. What I'm saying. Um, I don't really care about Puck's arc in this, going from having his head shaved. Although, again, should we like, guys, get your moles checked out? Like, it could actually be <laughs> a cancer. Like, just everybody get a you know a skin cancer screening once a year. It doesn't take very long. You lie down naked on a table, and someone looks at you. It's fine. But like, if you see a suspicious mole, get that shit checked out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is your weekly PSA that cancer is bad. Um, but like, you know, Puck losing his mojo because he got his mohawk shave and the nerds are suddenly like going on a nerd gang to dump him in a, what the fuck ever, I don't care. Um, and then gets it back by dating Mercedes and like that's, that's end to end. It's not like he's learned anything about himself. So who cares? You know what's interesting? This entire, um this entire episode is is about you know losing losing something that you that defines you mm-hmm, and your um, voice what do you passion. you know your hair um mm-hmm. I, i'm not quite sure what technically uh kurt loses i mean like maybe his dad but he does change himself um and and i it's interesting to see who and what certain people require to be able to be okay with who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, considering, let's see, you have Rachel, she literally ha- having to use a person as a prop to remind her to be told to get over herself. Um, yes. Mercedes having a, that sense of self of realizing, you know what? No, I don't want to deal with that. That's not, that's not me. Um, Puck's got nothing. I'm sorry. Can't help you, Puck. Um, and then, and then Kurt just having, you know, um, the comments from his dad, I think being kind of the catalyst as a, as a reminder of who you are and, and how you can be okay with yourself. So it's interesting that I, I don't want to say Ryan Murphy accidentally wrote a deep episode. Hmm. I don't believe that. 
But at the same time, interesting that I feel like there there is there is some there are layers there I would not have expected considering. Yeah. I mean, again, Kurt and Bert they almost can do no wrong when uh when they have a scene together. Uh, Kurt's if it had been like Kurt questioning his sexuality because he's a teenager and things kind of ebb and flow and you don't like whatever, but his character is so wholly written as gay that it just seems sad that he feels like he has to do this for his dad. And I didn't like that he has the second round of jealousy over Bert and Finn after the conversations he had with his dad in the previous episodes. Like it kind of felt like they had an issue, they duped it out and they came to an understanding. And then again, in this episode, it's like, he's back to where he was before his previous conversation with his dad. And that just felt like drawing something out unnecessarily for an emotional impact. Now the emotional impact is that I got Rose's turn, which is one of my all time favorite Glee covers and just musical theater songs. So getting that at the end of the episode is worth it for me, but in a storytelling frame, it just, it's, it's a little repetitive to have this happen again in this episode rather than it happening a couple episodes back. I agree. And I also don't think it advances Kurt's character in any like discernible way i mean Mm -hmm. rose's charm is amazing but like what we got was kurt trying not to be gay for his dad which has already been done and kurt expressing jealousy for someone else and trying to take it out in a petty way again like he's done you know in other situations but similar behavior um he tends to turn to like a weird kind of like deception right away when he wants to yeah get his way he does yeah that's a good point I, I I get I get your point, and I think I agree with you to uh, to an extent. Um, I do feel like um, I do feel like there is something like like this uh, that where Kurt feels like his his father, the only um, the only family he has, and that he's losing it. I can see how that is not is something that's going to crop up again that's going to it's not going to be solved with one talk and I actually feel like if it was just one talk that that would not be enough like I would be upset that I'm like oh so you just talked once and it's fine um I do get the point that okay maybe he's they're rehashing the exact same um emotional arc and they need to like it's not that it needs to be solved but that you need to like progress that emotional arc a little bit further and so that you're able to show more or like, okay, you know, we, we did A to B, let's do B to C now. Let's do like, cool, he's fine with this aspect of it, but now he's having another hurdle he has to come over. So I can agree with you on that, but I do think, um, I do think there, it makes sense that he would still have issues with this. Get over uh, it, Kurt, say, it's just I, your I, whole I, life. I say as somebody who, who did not have uh, a a another parent come in or you know in the middle of their of their life and had to readjust. So I have no frame of reference for this. 
it just it's, it, it seems logical to me. Suck it and up. And I can Kurt. understand that. <laughs> Suck it up. I'm also well aware. I'm very sympathetic to Kurt, even when he's a whiny brat. I I understand. I'm very sympathetic to him, and he and definitely I, was I a give bit him a lot of whiny women. bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I allow well, it. Also, because this doesn't really fit in anywhere else in the discussion, because it was like a relatively minor part of the episode, but I really, really hate the treatment of Brittany this early on. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Kurt was definitely using her, but like, since she approached him, I'm not going to hold that against Kurt, but the writers just mm-hmm. like Brittany's sole purpose was to dance really prettily and insinuate that she had sex with everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hate that. I, I want more for her. I know. But, but not in the last too much. episode. Mm. <laughs> so the last episode, she made some comment about making out with the janitor. So, yeah, like, yeah. this is, this is. Like, I definitely yeah. have a, okay, you guys can let this joke rest now moment when I realized the Brittany and Kurt scene was coming and how Brittany approached it because I didn't mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, she just walks up like, you're the only one I haven't made out with. Like, ugh. Uh, uh, group side. Uh, group side. Listen, Brittany, you can do better. We this need Bert to give Brittany the talk. <laughs> he does. Oh, oh good lord, yes. Got you. Really, Bert does. needs to run like the sex ed for uh, McKinley. Maybe that's why we have a problem. He really. It's, it's probably run by Emma Pillsbury. I was so going to say probably nothing. Bert should just be the guidance counselor. I mean, that would have been a much a much more emotionally and mentally well-adjusted school environment. Yeah, if that had happened, boring television show, good <laughs> school. Like you yeah, know, it... don't run for uh, governor or whatever the fuck he runs for. Represent state rep. Uh, who cares? House of Representatives. He runs for house, Congress, house but is a House rep. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Side sidebar: <laughs> uh, If you haven't uh, registered to vote. You should. Yes. You can vote for your own House of Representatives. You may not be able to b- vote for Bert Hummel, but he would want you to vote. And, you know, we're not going to say that there are uh, representatives as good as Bert Hummel, but there's they're, they're some, they're some pretty good. There's some good ones. There's some really good. So Find just, yours. you know, do, do, do the thing. Exactly. Vote. Right. Vote or die. Vote or die. Um, sidebar, oh. sidebar complete. Sidebar complete. Um... Some, you know, going back to what I first said, the elephant in the room, this is um, like a rhino in the room, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, slightly need, smaller, slightly smaller mammal. We need to talk more about Kurt Hummel's murder mystery dinners that he <laughs> apparently does and that we never fucking get to see. And I think that's a travesty. And that's a joke that I had forgotten until I rewatched this episode. And then I thought, wait a minute, why the fuck wasn't there an entire episode based on one of his murder mystery dinners where the Glee cast is in someone's house sitting through a murder mystery dinner? That would have been really entertaining and also probably cathartic because there's quite a few members of that cast I would like to see fake murdered on screen. Yes, exactly. Okay, I am not a fan of bottle episodes normally. Oh, I am. I love them. But well, it's because it's because they it's hard to do them well, and if you don't have a cast and a writer that can do them well, it doesn't doesn't work out. Um, that being said, Community does an amazing bottle episode, and they acknowledge that they're doing a bottle episode. Uh, Glee 
and doing a murder mystery bottle episode, I would be fucking there for it. Right. Like, yes. Like, you know what? The writing's going to be subpar. Don't even care. The acting's going to be fine. Let's go. I'm here for it. Because then it would still be, it would be a musical murder mystery dinner. Okay, but who who would die? All of them. Well, who? somebody has to be the victim. <laughs> so who would be uh, the victim? Um, are we doing, are we, but season one or <laughs> season say, three? Well, I would say in season three, the murder victim is Matt Rutherford because he's never seen again. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm just trying to work out. I could see wow. Rachel wanting to be the victim because so she could have a very dramatic death. And so everyone would mourn would, her. And everyone would mourn her. And so she, she signs out to be the, the victim and then realizes after it's happened that she can't be, like, in the room anymore. Right. She's very no angry. longer part of it. Um, yeah. So I, I, could see, I could see Puck wanting to be the victim so he wouldn't have to play the game. Yeah. yeah. I, and he just leaves. And he just leaves. Accurate, yeah. And then I think I think Sue would somehow find out about the musical murder mystery dinner at the Hummel uh, household and like get, get like other dead people in there like like fake dead who weren't originally part of the murder mystery dinner, which then sets off like wait are they actually dead? And then it like sets off another chain of wait what the fuck is going on? These this isn't part of my murder mystery dinner. And then that's one of her uh, her creepy elevator robots that she seems to be making in her spare time. Ah, ah, saw robots. Yeah, it's one of the first runs of that. Yeah, it's like a prototype for her saw elevator murder robot thing. Yeah. Her makeout bot. <laughs> her okay. makeout bot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would I would be here for this, and I'm also you know what I'm also sad that Kurt did not take this to Dalton where we got to see it. He may have taken it to Dalton. We didn't fucking get to see it. I oh. want to see a warbler murder mystery. Yeah, but like it would be at Dalton because Dalton's got that great architecture and I'm sure they have a giant fucking dining room where you could have the entire Glee Club sitting. Mm-hmm. In a, and in a and actually kind of runs a little spooky, a little scary, yeah, not really, like, but like I'm but a little, like, a little creeped out shit happens that's, like, throws everybody off and they're not Lights sure what's going on. Lights start to go out. Yeah. And there's, like, a creepy caretaker lurking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then people, people start acting weird in ways that, like, and then they realize it was, like, uh, they maybe ate something bad and that's why they were acting really strange. But, like, <laughs> at, during, the, during the episode, it throws everybody off. You know what? I am super disappointed this Super spooky Halloween episode um, yeah. where the not fucking happened. We need Glee to come back so we can have And like, done. because the Warblers are all dressed in their uniforms and they all have the same haircuts and they all look exactly the same, it would be like, are they doppelgangers? Are they real people? Are they robots? Are they like mannequin dolls just like propped up, not moving in the corners? Somebody, somebody go, Kurt goes out and taps on somebody, somebody's shoulder and they they turn around really slowly, look really creepy. Yeah. Or like maybe they're like, it looks like they they died, but really they're just like sick. But he look, but he's mm-hmm. afraid they all died. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like a whole thing here. Or Sebastian is really, or you know, is really fucking with him. 
Well, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Sebastian kidnaps Lane, and that's a different show that I get to watch later alone in my room. <laughs> <laughs> the fan service is just for you. Just for me. Um. Anyway, should probably glad we uh, were able to bring it back to Sublane for you. <laughs> should probably like bring this back to the episode. Um, Fair enough. All right, back to season one. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling it back to what actually happened and not what what we wish happened. Exactly. Not not including characters from later seasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things, some of the things I wanted to to bring up here. Um, uh, Chris, uh, in this episode, this was his, uh, 2010 Emmy submission for supporting Mm -hmm. actor in a comedic series. Um, I think this was an interesting choice. For comedic, Um, yeah. For comedic. And the only thing I can think of is one, um, Emmys are incredibly, at that time, were incredibly strict on what counted as drama and what counted as comedic. So they had already pigeoned Glee as a comedic show. So mm-hmm. Kurt, so like Chris had to submit for comedic role. And this was probably the one that he had the most acting in. But, but I was yes. still kind of looking at this going, this is not what I would consider to be comedic winning performance. Not that he's not good in it. It's just, it's like, this isn't. It's just super not it. funny. Yeah. yeah, no, it's sad. I'm like, he does a, it, it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek kind of funny, but, like, at the heart of it, it's sad to me. So it's an interesting choice to to submit. Um, as we all know, it still works out fine for, for Chris Colfer. It's fine. It's fine. He's cool. He's got other shit going for him. He won the Golden Globe. It's cool. Um, also, it's doing all right. uh, Chris did also note that uh, the hardest thing from for in doing this episode was um, listening to Leah sing uh, badly, which <laughs> I'm sure was meant in the way, like, it's it's funny, it's so hard to listen to her sing and, like, not hit notes correctly, because she's usually so good at it, and it's hard not to laugh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to mean something different, and <laughs> she sang badly, really, really, she either sang badly really, really well, or sang badly really badly. Either way, it amuses me, so. Um, so two notes on that. Also, uh, they hit their 100th song uh, in this episode. I, if, if anybody out there actually knows which one is their 100th song, please let us know. We did some Googling. If we're not able to actually find which song in this episode was number 100. So we've decided it's Rose's turn because we like that song, but um, we are open and willing to, to adjust for whatever it actually is. If it's pink Uh, houses, we want to hear of it. You know, come to us with that. Um, Or if it's, if it's anything Puck sings, we don't want to hear about it. Um, uh, There was something else in my notes. Where was it? Let's see. Please. Candor for time. Ah, okay. Here we go. Uh, oh. No. Okay. Uh, this is something Emily, you you brought up earlier, actually, uh, before we jumped on uh, on this call. The idea that what there was a lot this of call? That... we're obviously sitting in the same room together discussing things. What call? Exactly what we're doing. Thousand yeah. percent. Three different time zones. Two different time zones. Two different time zones. Two different time zones. 
Um, Listen, anything states, south of the Mason-Dixon doesn't zones, mean anything to me. One country. <laughs> one <laughs> one planet. Would you say one love? One life? Yeah. You get to share it? Sisters and brothers. Exactly. I just... just uh, Emily, please, please share the bubble that you are, that you are partaking in. There's not going to be any left. Fair enough. But no, uh, one of the things that you brought up uh, prior to our sitting all in one room to talk together, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that happen in this episode that, you know, uh, fans kind of pulled from and continued to, Ah, you know, use both like in fic and in art. Uh, but like Kurt's, Kurt's plaid, you know, in, in um, yep. flannel stage, you, I clearly said within a lot of, a lot of fix, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I had my own, you know, flannel stage or and et cetera. Yes. And uh, what do, you know, uh, boys taste like hamburgers? Yep. Um, there's more there's than, I'm not a box. There's more than four sides to me, which... I, you know, okay. I didn't do well in math, but I'm pretty sure that there's six sides to a box. Because geometry. Ge- is that box. what that is, geometry? Is a, yes, the box is a 3D figure, which That's has true. four sides and a top and a bottom, which makes yep. six. <laughs> Although, like, does does a box really have a top or a bottom? Because if you, if you turn it over, then what was the side is now a top. Because but of, then now it has nothing on on now it has nothing on on two of the sides. No, if it's now if it's, it's a if it's a box and it has all of its its planes, it doesn't matter what way you turn it. They're all sides and consequently all tops and all bottoms, which is another area of discussion. And thank you, Blaine. <laughs> we can argue about that later. Uh, another conversation. It's no, a conversation. There, anyway, yes. Um, yes, there's there some good stuff in here. In that, this, yeah. Uh, my, my question being, I guess, was there anything in particular that stood out to you guys that you liked more than others? Is there anything that you would have, uh, that you're surprised by that kind of seemed, that fandom seemed to latch onto and continue to use uh, more than more than other pieces or pieces that they didn't use and you're surprised and not just like I guess in this episode because um, if there is anything in here for that question go to town but anything that we've seen uh, you know all 18 episodes up until now um, I guess anything that we've that fandom has not used or not latched on to that you're surprised by or Mm. that they've watched Tom too that you are surprised that you are surprised by that seem to stand the test of time. Have we okay, here's a question, which I think is related to what you have just said. <laughs> okay. Um I feel like in a lot of fic, Kurt speaks French. Have we yes. have we had this and I just missed it? Have we had an episode where he speaks French or is that a thing that comes later or is that just the thing that people have given him? Is that fanon or is that canon? My memory says it's later. My memory it later? comes up in like season two. I don't remember that but I haven't watched season two in a really long time. Yeah, I just, I honestly can't remember if that's like fanon or canon. And It's another, it's another Nurse Carol Yeah. Question. Yeah, is it? Is it? I thought now? it had something to do with him jumping to Dalton, and it was something addressed 
asked when they talked about like the academics at Dalton. I thought that was um, something that was brought up in that fandom over and over kind of embellished Kurt mm. was able to do. What? Fandom um, over embellishing? No. What? It's not, it's not a thing we do. But so I don't think it's accurate to the show that like Kurt was like fluent in French, which yeah. is something I think that it, that was, you know, it's done like, in, in fandom. But I just, but I just think they brought it up. Wasn't he in the Spanish class? Wasn't Kurt in yeah. Spanish class? So like, why, why does Kurt never speak Spanish in fic? Why is it always because, French? Because she was teaching us. Are these? Yeah, because no one in that school speaks Spanish because she was teaching it. <laughs> Except no, that's a fair point. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, I'll accept that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of dumpster dumping that kind of keeps up as the go-to uh, bullying of choice. Um, I don't know. I'll have to think about this. Um, it's a harder question because at this point we've... Um, we went so long in like in the show and then it went so long past the show. It's like, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to, to remember back to season one mm-hmm. and, and kind of go, Hey, what was act? What do we, um, what do we know eight years later as truth versus I guess semi-truth or not really a lie. Cause I think a lot of these things are based in, in a reason and sometimes just embellished like French uh, Kurt knowing French, there may actually be a comment for it that somebody latched onto, and it just kind of went grew from there. But yeah, so maybe maybe eight years later, it's hard to hard to parse that out. But if anybody listening has has thoughts on like here here's something that I think is interesting that nobody in fandom really latched onto, or I don't understand why we latched on to like the plaid thing. I kind of thought that was sort of a throwaway thing in this episode. And yet it was brought up a lot in thick. Cause yeah, so cause for that's me, like, that's like a, that's almost a whole other episode. Cause like I was not really into skank Kurt, but a lot of people loved skank Kurt. And that was like a fad for a good long while. And there's a question I'm there. I'm raising my hand because that was. I know. There's a question of like, why was that so interesting to so many people? And then why was Kitty Kurt? And why was any number of the, the fandom fads so interesting? So that could be something that we do at a different podcast is just like try to remember what the fads were, like Bad Boy Blaine and something. I'd love to hear from. Kitty Kurt and things like that that had no real basis in canon. Yeah, there's nothing in canon to anthropomorphize. No, not anthropomorphize. Uh, anim- it's like the opposite of it's like the yeah. opposite of anthropomorphize. The verification? I don't know. <laughs> I go backwards. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing in the show that's like. <laughs> other- Kurt wore tail once for that one, but. Yeah, but that was a fox. That wasn't even exactly. a cat. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that was as close as we got, and that wasn't even really close. Yeah. The reason was because um, there was a bag of something on on a piano, and Kurt got angry at Blaine and just knocked the bag off. 
<laughs> and, and that was the most cat-like thing I have ever seen anybody do. Okay, like, like if if throughout the series there were like background moments where Chris Colfer just pushed things off tables, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been a fantastic acting choice. Just like an Easter egg, just for himself. Of anytime you see something on a surface, just kind of casually knocks it off for no reason. How do we know he didn't do that? I now am going to be rewatching the show, looking for Chris in the background to yeah. see if he's just—he made an acting choice to just push things off of tables and things. Yeah. And Ryan Murphy had a horrible anti-Kitty Kurt agenda and just edited, <laughs> like instructed to only edit it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is why. This is why Chris felt very attached to Grumpy Cat um, was because you know of his his acting choice and i think most of the people on set were aware of this and that's why you know they kept giving him grumpy cat things it's just plain so much but yeah, um jumping i guess off of that if we do this as a separate um separate episode i would love to hear from listeners if there's anything as far as what their favorite random trope i guess would you call it a trope yeah be and like why like why did you love bad boy blaine what drew you to that and sort of like what made you think of that or be Mm -hmm. interested in that or what from i guess what from canon kind of makes you go ah yeah that uh aside from obviously chris colher's acting choice to push stuff off of tables that makes sense so that'll be an episode that happens but we need you guys to submit things like eventually at some point like, we'll get um, there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's the notes I kind of have on, on this episode. On the whole, I would say it, it was an episode I liked. It wasn't an episode I loved. I liked because that the, the main storylines for this episode were all around the kids. Even yeah. though Rachel drives me bonkers, I didn't have to deal with a shoe adult uh you know, love relationship plot line, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Rachel drives yeah. me bonkers. Shoe, I hate. So I like. I will take slightly bonkers Rachel every every day, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like a, I give the whole episode like a six or a seven. What about you guys? Um, I, I liked the more of the music this time around, which always enhances an episode for me. Like. Other, yeah, it was fine. It, I think um, I think it was fine thematically. You know, it was a little, uh, not a little, it was 400% on the nose of the Glee Club has lost its voice. Rachel has lost her voice, like thereby equating the Glee Club with only Rachel, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was something, there was at least some some thematic work with, different characters feeling like they had lost some piece of themselves and were working to get it back. It didn't always work, but it was uh, an attempt. And, uh, you know, it had Rose's turn, so like 12 out of 10. (laughs) I mean, I I actually liked a lot about the episode. I'd probably give it like a 7 in terms of like comparing it to everything we've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so not comparing it to future episodes, right? 
yeah, it had more songs that I liked and more character moments that I liked than most episodes in season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say I, I wouldn't I I would agree with you. Not comparing it to anything we know is coming, but up to like up the last eighteen episodes, this is. Mm-hmm. It's not the best, but it's one of the better ones. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I um, like I enjoyed watching it. I didn't feel um like I was bored because sometimes I get really bored. Yeah. I mean I there and there were definitely things that I would I would leave, but like I said, on the whole six or seven, so I guess six and a half. Well the difference is kind mm. of where I felt. I don't, like was Artie was Artie even in this episode? I didn't feel like it. I don't remember seeing all him in the episode. No, like I think he had like a a reaction, right? But didn't really have. I don't think he had like any. I'm like actually going through the wikia. I don't remember seeing anything really that featured him. Yeah, so hmm. it gets like a point two. Kevin's? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, a, like we, can we give a zero? Like, do we give a zero? We can give a zero. I feel like zero would have to be Kevin just full stop was not in the episode. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think the, the what, like point, point two? Point two? Point, point two, two five? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. I mean, it sucks. Did anybody? Yeah. But like, yeah, I can get behind it. Did anybody have um, particular? Rose's turn. I mean, we talked. About, I wouldn't really talk, we, okay, <laughs> we talked. We talked songs. We've already talked songs that we like. Uh, Mandy, you really liked uh, Jesse's girl. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what song Emily really liked. Um, <laughs> wow, Emily's a complete mystery in this episode. We just, we just don't know. We, we really, Emily, you really need to have an opinion on something on this episode. I'll try. Um, they, we appreciate it. Um, but as far as, say, like, uh, lines or, or quotes or anything like that, did anything stick out to you guys that um, that you guys liked on that end? Um, yeah, I actually wrote down Bert's line, um, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. Yep. I like that. <laughs> I, um, I wrote down, so you like show tunes? That doesn't make you gay. That makes you awful. <laughs> From Sue. I was like, uh-huh, yep. Um, and the other thing was Bert telling Kurt, you don't have to work at anything. Your job is to be yourself. And my job is to love you no matter what. And I was like, yeah, yeah it is. No parent actually does that, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Bert. If I tried to write, drag down every everything that I loved Bert saying, I would end up writing his dialogue. I just would write everything. Um I will say I, I wrote down, um, I'm like Tinkerbell, I need applause to live yep. because it just made me laugh. And it just, I'm like, well, at least you're self-aware, Rachel. At least you're self-aware. And then um, uh, Brittany and I were just having sexual relations because <laughs> nothing <laughs> sounds more straight and accurate than that. <laughs> well done, Kurt. <laughs> well done. We're way just to, having way uh, to nail it. relations. Way to, it's like we're having sexual relations. Because we are awkwardly laying on a couch. Yeah, because when you you know are, are doing said sexual relations, you you say it, but one like that, and two you know overtly to your father. Anyway, um, they were both just just lines that 
made me actually like snort and laugh out loud. So this, that's the thing that frustrates me about this show. There are so many things that I, you, you lull. I lull and I'm like, this could be so, this could be, this could be better. That's sort of how I feel about, about Lucas, uh, George Lucas era Star Wars, which is like, you've got an idea here. You need a fucking editor. (laughs) Way to like, really switch genres there. I know, I know. But it's like, like I will stand by Ryan Murphy has good ideas. Mm-hmm. He just needs a fucking editor. And he needs somebody that can go in and edit the fuck out of his stuff and tell him, no, that's not a good idea. And no, that's not a good idea. But that one is. And do that and do that. But don't do that. But he's got to the point that nobody can actually do that with him without him getting angry and having a hissy fit. So Ryan Murphy needs a beta reader. Yes. Basically, if you can tell me how that's different than George Lucas, mm-hmm. I'll get because it's not. Um, George Lucas has Oscar Isaac. Fair point. Fair point. I don't know what that wins him. That wins him my but viewership. Okay. <laughs> okay, so they both have short, curly, dark-haired, curly men that basically enamor Emily to watching. That is the kind that. Fuck. <laughs> Emily's coming to some startling realizations about herself. <laughs> okay, but Tyler Hecklin does not have curly hair. It's just dark <laughs> and stubbly. Fuck. So basically, people need to hit two out of three categories. <laughs> you're in. If you at least, if you at least hit two out of the three, and I will say, uh, I will also add short. I don't think Hecklin's got the no, short. No, I was just Oscar... looking up like, now wait a minute. Tyler Hecklin <laughs> is a six foot tall man, so that is different. But he does hit a few things. Well, look, doesn't. Let's just well, let's just know, Emily. You do have a type. Hecklin may not follow strictly to type. I know. But we've we've apparently uncovered the type. (laughs) (sighs) Listen, it's my birthday, and we don't need to talk about these things. (laughs) Also, I came here to talk Lee and have a good time, and I'm just feeling so attacked right now. Feeling really attacked right now, and also, um, I would pay money to see Oscar Isaac these days. I did see Oscar Isaac. How about right. that? That's a difference. That, oh, okay. I see your I see your point there. Well, yeah. well played. Yeah. <laughs> so point two five for uh, uh, Kevin. Point two five, Kevin. Point two five, and not point two. Like, give him that extra bump for being Kevin. Yeah, like a quarter, a quarter of a full Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Are, All right. For good or thought? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back down to point two. Because he like didn't even have a line, as far as I remember, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is not the hill I'll die on, so I'm I'm okay. happy to go back down to point two. I just want to voice my displeasure in the episode not having more Kevin. Look, Emily, it's your birthday, and you can have point two Kevin's. Do what I want. Do what I want. Also, anyway, real quick before we wrap this up, because like we should wrap this up. Um, I have. I made a note that in this episode, someone, I think it's Rachel, says, regionals is in a month. And I was still like, what fucking time of the year is it? And it just bothers me that there is no concept of time. 
Yeah, because it, it aired on May 11th. So yeah. if it was in a month, that would be June 11th, which yeah, not doing would not be with most. Yeah, okay, that we that would be at the at the latest national. Yep. I don't even think nationals would be that late. No. No. Anyway, that was just my final um there's a Your word for things peeve. that you like to complain about that's not pet peeve and it's like a big word. I just can't think of it right now. Bugaboo is not the word, but I'm gonna go with bugaboo. It <laughs> was my last the same meaning. It conveys the same meaning. That was my last bugaboo that I'm willing to talk about at Wait, 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 wait. Sidebar, bugaboo is an actual word. Yeah. I just thought I was a Destiny's Child song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's yeah. an actual word. I've I've definitely heard it before. Destiny's yeah. yeah, it's it's um it's an older word and I think it used to mean something like that you were afraid of, but then became like something that annoys you. But yeah, it's a real world. Real word. Oh, boo, like boo, uh, yeah, bugaboo. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I looked at the lyrics, and 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 it the, their lyrics don't work with the actual. Anyway, cool. <laughs> I learned something. I thought this was just a weird-ass Destiny's Child song, so. The more you know. Cool. The more you know. Well, we've all learned things today. Me, yes. Rachel, um, I'm sure she learned something. She might have learned something. Did she? Um, yeah. Okay, maybe not. Maybe some of us learn things. Emily, did you learn something today? Um, sure. Cool. <laughs> Mandy, did you learn something today? Totally. Cool. We've all learned something today. Um, and uh, yeah, so we went through the Rachel storyline with realizing she didn't learn something. Uh, you know, Kurt's you know, chain, entire change to to plaid and then not the plaid and got to hear uh the song um emily hates the most of all songs um i don't have it on and, my ipod uh, at all nope and uh how mercedes is even when she's making choices that make no sense to us still a completely awesome badass person and uh did a side jaunt into kurt hummel's um murder mystery dinner theater that we should have got in many different forms, uh, mm-hmm. including including the form that ended with with a uh, you know Blaine and Sebastian and 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 or Blaine and Kurt depending on how you how you subscribe to things. Um, we took a couple <laughs> different random jumps, but you know it happens. And and reminded you guys that you need to register to vote and to please actually you know vote or die in in uh, November. Anything that I could possibly have forgotten. I don't think so. I'm sure that there's something I forgot. But in any case, uh, happy birthday to our to Emily. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that's what you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool, we know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit farmers.com or call 1 800 Farmers to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs>
Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.